You're listening to another episode of The Zag. It's been a while, but we are back. Thanks for tuning in. Excited to be joined by 2015 NLC Louisiana fellow, Leela Gallon is here. We've been after her for 300 episodes. She finally decided to come on. So excited to catch up with her. She has some new business ventures launching you want to hear about. Let's get to it. Lilia. Eric. How are you? I'm well. You're from New Orleans, right? You're up there? Truth. Down here. What do people misunderstand about New Orleans still? It's not all boobs and plastic <laughs> that are both toxic and bleeding our uh, sewer system. No, I think one of the things that I hear most often is like, oh, it's such a party town. Um, and certainly you can have that experience on Bourbon Street, but I am a fifth generation mm. New Orleanian and deeply committed to the joie de vivre or joy of life that is baked in for a lot of us here. Mardi Gras is a big part of your life, I know. How did it work in COVID this year? How are y'all hoping it works next year? <laughs> I literally asked my husband yesterday, uh, what do we give the odds for Mardi Gras 2022? And he said 50-50. And I was like, that feels optimistic. Yeah. Um, last year, I hosted... It was, I think, like in the 30s, which here is absurdly cold. I was wearing my full like Michigan sleeping bag jacket that goes down to my ankles. Um, but we hung out in the front yard with maybe a dozen people, half dozen people distanced. Um, I had glitter in my drink, which mm. is like edible glitter. That was that was the exciting thing. And then I hosted a virtual um, event, which I called a Mardi Gras Joy Infusion. That was an outrageously good time and featured many NLCers from across the country celebrating the season with me. Nice. So when there's not glitter in your drink, I know you've been working on a lot of things in your professional life and a couple of things are launching, have launched, will launch. Give folks a scoop on what you've been cooking up the last couple of months. Yeah. So I work with women who want to increase their impact and have a more profitable career and a more fulfilling life. And it actually started because of NLC and the what we now call lead experience is what prompted me to start my business and recognize folks kept coming to me for support in, at the time, workplace negotiations. And the evolution I tease is, you know, I started as a consultant in 2013 and had my own business, had the LLC. And I tease that I was like a 26-year-old and it was as though I wanted to have like a business lady disguise. I was like, I'm wearing a blazer. Please take me seriously. <laughs> and now the evolution has really been to recognize people aren't coming to me despite my silliness or playfulness that are coming to me in some ways because of it. And a lot of the feedback that I've gotten, particularly during COVID, is bringing levity to really difficult situations. Having that joie de vivre, having that joy of life um, really gives people the space to seek out the joy in their own lives. And so the evolution of the brand went from uh, kind of Frankenstein website. I was interviewed in a Yahoo Parenting article. God, many years ago. And they said, okay, what's your website? And I said, when is this going live? <laughs> and then I built it overnight and it kind of Frankenstein from there for years. And this evolution that happened over the last six to 12 months is really celebrating um, that we can be powerful and playful at the same time. And I don't have to kind of hide or suppress the more joyful or effervescent parts of my personality. We'll talk about the website. And of course, we'll put the info in the description for the episode. So who do you want to come to your website? What do you want them to look at when they get there? Yeah, great question. 
when I'm, so there are kind of three aspects of my work. The first is as a speaker. So what used to be in great big hotel ballrooms with crystal chandeliers overhead and is now at Zoom on my computer, but still really powerful, engaging experiences. And so for meeting planners, for folks who want to try something different and have a level of interactivity um, in their both in-person in past and hopefully future lives and um, virtually. And so I, I read something recently and I don't remember who said it, but um, sure, we have Zoom fatigue, but we don't have Netflix fatigue. And so the recognition that like we are capable of creating really dynamic, rich, enjoyable experiences online um, is what really excites me. I actually love presenting virtually. Hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, joy and fusion I have coming up later in the month. But then for people who are looking for individual coaching, that's really the second aspect of my business is folks who are coming to me individually and saying, I want a sense of community. I want to feel supported in my professional and personal life. What can that look like? And so creating really robust group coaching communities where people feel connected to one another and are investing in themselves while simultaneously being really supportive of each other and the kind of accelerator that can serve as for growth. I think I can explain what you do to other people, but when folks ask you, do you say, I'm an educator, I'm a coach, uh, you also are a published author, like what do you find in your head comes up first when people ask you what you do for a living? Depends on the moment. <laughs> I certainly, in, in some settings, I say I'm a speaker, a writer, and a coach. Mm. Um, I wrote a book called You Got This, The Ultimate Negotiation Guide for Professional Women. And a lot of what I'm doing right now is supporting people in how to meet this moment in what I would describe as the hundredth wave of the pandemic. We're all supremely depleted. And I think there's an impatience we all have with ourselves about like, oh, we've been doing this for so long. We should be better at it. We should be better at having these difficult conversations with our friends, families, and colleagues about risk. We should be more productive or more motivated. Um, and I just, what I'm seeing in my clients and in myself is that's not the case. And so a lot of my writing is about supporting people in accepting the emotions that are coming up. I think I was texting with you earlier and I was being grumpy about online facilitation and then I'm fried and I don't want to do it anymore. You seem to have the opposite feeling right now. Can you give folks a little insight into how that energy and enthusiasm is still present? Is that a function of your personality? Is that a function of some secret sauce that we can have access to? How to yeah, keep the energy up for folks who are doing a lot of Zoom training or coaching or managing and, and they're, just, they're just over it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great question. And I think for me, there's an expectation in a lot of settings where um, a Zoom meeting or a Zoom event is going to be one dimensional. It's going to be, you know, sit and get, you're receiving information or content. And from the opening music, I start every um, event that I host with the Soul Rebels, New Orleans brass band um, playing Let Your Mind Be Free. And it just instantaneously, it's almost Pavlovian for me. I am dancing, I am having a good time. And I start from that energy for myself. I start with a poll question where people are, and it's usually a very silly, like, would you rather game? Mm. Um, and people join and are like, oh, this is going to be different. I had one client tell me she joined the meeting and was planning to have it on in the background. And she immediately gave me her full attention and it felt like taking a breath. And she didn't realize she'd been holding her breath. I've had people in my breakout sessions have like delightful, silly banter. And I've had people connect really deeply in eight minutes. Total strangers connect really deeply about both going through a divorce and like end up staying connected after. And so for me, it's about 
personal vulnerability and selective disclosure about what's going on in my life to really make space for people to feel supported and connected to one another um, and have a really fun time in the process. Oh, that's good. When we come back with Lilia, we'll talk more about the work that she's doing, what else is on her mind, and, and maybe even her ideal Smoothie King order. Thanks for tuning in this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. All right, so let's start there because avid listeners of The Zag know I love Smoothie King. And New Orleans is the only town that has a sponsored sports arena named after Smoothie King. It's an integral part of the city's history and culture, I'm sure. When you go to Smoothie King, what do you usually order? The one that tastes like peanut butter and jelly. But I, can't, <laughs> I knew you were, I should have remembered you would ask me this. I don't remember the name of it. I know that, that you do. one, but that one. You know, one thing we ask too when folks come on, especially NLC folks who have kiddos, is how they want to raise their kiddos to be progressive and, and what that can mean to them, what kind of values. Um, they want to see and their kids translate to a lot of what we talk about frequently in the LC community. I'm, you have a little one, I think what, two-ish, two and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. How have you thought through parenting in that way? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's um, complicated by this moment because a lot of the things that we would be doing out in the world just aren't, I don't feel are safe. Um, and so it's about what we read to him, how we talk with him, For me, and I do truly believe this is a progressive value or needs to be, um, it's about holding space for his emotions and normalizing, especially as a child who presents as male, um, that when he says I'm sad, that I don't try and make him feel better, but I say, okay, right? And like hold space for him to just feel sad. (laughs) Seconds later, he says, I'm happy. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) Like I try to be neutral about those two things. and really letting him see different relationship models, see different identities, see like be in conversation in front of him about the complexity of this world and then try and make it accessible uh, and age appropriate for him. Are there any books that stand out to you that you've read that you like? Oh gosh. Um, you know, he's potty training right now. So I feel like all we're reading is Elmo goes to the potty, uh, <laughs> which I can assure you is unhelpful in every way, uh, for, for my brain or progressive values. Um, I'm trying to think there, there are a few that their names are escaping me, but they're, um, how to be anti-racist is one that's like a counting book. Hmm. That's, that's, I mean, he's two and a half. He's just getting language acquisition. Um, but that's one that kind of just normalizes talking about race with kids and gives language for it in a way that's age appropriate. And so I've really appreciated that one. I like it. All right. Well, speaking of books, how can people order your books? How can they go to your website? What do you want people to to do? Give them some action items. Since my name is Lelia Gowland, which is both (laughs) difficult to say and pronounce or spell and pronounce, uh, going to negotiationfun.com is the easiest way to access my content. Um, And negotiationfun.com slash book will take you to You Got This, the ultimate negotiation guide for professional women. And what I offer in that book and in the course that I've created recently, it's really the intention is to take you step-by-step through the process of negotiation to normalize the experiences that folks with marginalized identities have. And I think so much of the negotiation literature focuses on the experience of cisgender white men um, with a lot of privilege. And so holding space to say, actually, our identities do matter in our experience of negotiation and how we're received advocating for ourselves. 
And part of my intention in my negotiation course and the book is to really help us recognize the ways our identities inform our experience and can actually be assets in self-advocacy. So normalizing negotiation is something we are doing all the time. And I would posit women are actually quite good at already. And so for folks who identify as women, for folks who um, want to be present in that space or um, tune into other aspects of their identity, that's something I've been really honored to receive feedback about is that it's it's made space for um, a range of experiences. And if folks do want to see your Zoom persona in action, there's, there's an event coming up soon, right? Sure is. August 31st Perfect. at noon. Central Time. I'm calling it a joy infusion, all about uh, building tools to increase optimism and connection, even in a pandemic. And you can expect three really concrete and joyful strategies, um, just a really playful and lovely environment. Awesome. We'll make sure folks have that information. Check it out at the end of the month. And thanks for checking out this episode of The Zag. You can catch all past episodes, and there are a lot, and all the places you get your podcasts, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. Amazing Leaders, short bite-sized podcast. Who can ask for more? Leah, thanks so much for being here. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.